This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. Welcome back to another episode of the Video Junkyard Podcast. I'm Joe Peterson. With me, as always, my good friends and co-hosts, Eric O'Branson and Ryan Steiskel. Guys, how's it going? It's going good. It's going. Where <laughs> where it's going, the trajectory isn't looking the most promising right now, but at least my toilet and garbage disposal work again. We just combined the two. We figured that was the easiest fucking step. That there or you just, go. you know, get You're a pet pig. Things. Mm-hmm. Get a pet pig and it doesn't <laughs> there matter. <you> go. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, uh, everybody settling into this frigid, cold winter wonderland that it seems to be around here now? Uh, no, not at all, because it wasn't last time I was, like, really outside. So, um, walked out this morning. All I did outside today was take the kids to school and, like, both times, like, get in the car come back in the house i just like look at the thermometer and see what it is and i'm like no but suppose we're overdue it is like you know getting to be into december here and it hasn't really been that cold yeah yeah Yeah. it's funny my my son every time we get like two flakes of snow on the ground he's like we go back a snowman i'm like dude you can still see the grass like (laughs) you're gonna make a tundra man that's what you're gonna make and then and then today he's like, well, we got a little bit more today in the morning, and then it just got really, really cold. To that, like walking on the snow sounds like styrofoam, cold. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And he's like, can we go out and play in the snow now? And I'm like, you do not want to go out and play in that shit now. It is not gonna. You're not gonna have a good time. So, yeah. But uh, no, it's been fun. He actually came to my office with me today and had to had to sit in on my classes. So. It was uh, kind of fun. I had I had to teach classes on dinosaurs today, and I had an actual dinosaur expert with me. So oh, yeah, my seven year old. <laughs> so they're always the best dinosaur experts. That's when I was a dinosaur expert. So yeah, yeah, I was about that age. I think that's <laughs> when being a dinosaur expert was exciting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this was back then. But sorry, I said yeah way too quickly to that. But <laughs> no, it's no, I I I hundred percent support <laughs> yeah. that statement. But uh, so tonight we've got uh, kind of a, a change of pace com- compared to some of the other films. You know, we did like a whole thing in uh, you know our Halloween special, and we've kind of been doing these theme shows again. Last week we looked at. Um, uh, you know, comedies, but this week we're <laughs> loosely using that term. Loosely. <laughs> yeah. Very loose, right? An attempted comedy. Um, this week, though, we're we're looking at something a little bit more. I don't know. I don't want to say like quintessential for the podcast or anything like that. But you know, we like I said, we usually do movies that are from the '80s or '90s, stuff that was popular and then kind of flash and bang was gone. And this definitely falls into that category, though. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. I kind of forgot it existed until you brought it up. So. Yeah. Yeah. so tonight we're going to be looking at the 1997 American thriller, The Game. So it brings you to town, Conrad. 
everything all right? October 12th. Nikki's birthday. This is for you. Consumer Recreation Services. Call that number. Why? They make your life fun. What are you selling? It's a game. A game? Specifically tailored for each participant. One day, your game begins. You either love it or hate it. Why are you following me? Find out about a company called Consumer Recreation Services. They won't stop, Nick. He's in on it. I paid the bill. I paid him more to make the stop. Who's behind this? Who did this to me? Why? This is all the game. You're behind the whole thing, aren't you? No! They make your life fun. So this one's directed by David Fincher, stars Michael Douglas, Sean Penn. Um... And it tells the story of a wealthy investment banker who is given a mysterious gift by his brother, participation in a game that integrates in strange ways with his everyday life. As the lines between the banker's real life and the game become more uncertain, hints of a large conspiracy become apparent. Wait, um, are you telling so, me that Michael Douglas is playing an investment banker? Yeah, I know. Like, totally <laughs> yeah, different happens. for him. Never. <laughs> I'm waiting but, for the movie where Michael Douglas just plays, like, some trailer park owner... Just trying to get through his day and stop these like three uh, fools who are always trying to do some kind of weed-based scheme. Oh wait, so, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I would like to see Michael Douglas in Trailer Park Boys. That would work. That would be right. I want to see him talking about like celebrity Leahy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was gonna say the actor who played Leahy is no longer with us, so that yeah, it's a vacant role. Yeah. Could, uh, Douglas, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Fincher did this one, um, right before, uh, no, right after, excuse me, uh, he did, uh, Seven. Seven. So Mm -hmm. he was kind of coming off the success of that. This is really quite a different film, though. Yeah, very different from Seven, I would say. I mean, there's some stylistic similarities you you could find between the two, but, um, it's funny that he goes from, we don't even need to talk about Alien 3, because everyone knows... about that and if you don't yeah yeah. Yeah. anyway um but yeah seven his first like hit film and then the game and then he follows that with fight club Mm -hmm. which is also a very like so there's like a very dynamic shift in kind of uh topic and uh style not style because i think david fincher's got a a a through line and like his style is there in all three of the films but they're very different films from one another Seven and Fight Club are much more like each other. Yeah. Uh, the game and his his post Fight Club film Panic Room feel a little more in the same tone. So he's got like these two different tones that he uh, does, and I think he continues that throughout his career. It's I, like those would, two different. Yeah, <laughs> I would agree. Um, what What's your uh, history with this one, Ryan? Did, did you seen this one before? No, this is my first time. Uh, but I do remember the game. Oh, I just lost. Uh, being brought up multiple times. Like okay. in this in the nineties, I remember the commercial, and what I remember is the part of the commercial in which his car goes into the river, uh, okay. or into the bay, or whatever. Um, I just I always remember I always remember that scene, uh, from okay. the 
from the trailers, but yeah, this is my first time seeing it. Um, what about you, Eric? Um, I can't remember exactly when I saw it. Probably not too long after it was new. Uh, I want to say I think I saw this like many things I saw around the late 90s when I worked at the video store in our uh, small town that Joe and I grew up in. Um, I think it was just something that had been sitting on the shelf. And you know how we had the new release section there that would be like five years deep, essentially? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So so she could charge, you know, an extra dollar for the movies. Uh, I'm pretty sure this one was still sitting there in 99 when I got the job. But if that's not true, it's still something I picked up off the shelf somewhere and watched. That's my memory of the only time seeing this. I think I watched it at work. It's definitely one of those movies that have the VHSs that have like that box art of like his puzzled face literally the puzzle puzzle face like yeah i remember that distinctly as well it's a very 90s box art kind of cover yeah i'm pretty sure if you go into any uh building or or establishment that was once a a vhs rental place if you look closely at the wall the image of that is actually probably burned into it Mm -hmm. like (laughs) kind of like with a plasma screen like this this one has some um I mean, it's 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 a very twisty, turny movie, right? Yeah, and yeah, I think that's one of the yeah. things that has that's a, I guess if you're into it, is a positive for it. And I know this is something that David Fincher has said in interviews is that he wanted this movie to almost be, in a way, a reflection about how we tell stories in movies because this one is pretty unpredictable the first time you watch it. Like yeah, I, I would agree with well, that. Yeah, kind of. It's unpredictable in the way that you don't, like, you can probably maybe, or maybe this is uh, my partner and I, when we watched this today, uh, we kind of felt like now that we're, I mean, maybe in the 90s, but I mean, like nowadays, like, (laughs) um, these kind of movies are made a lot more now. Yeah. Right. We're like, we can kind of guess where, what direction it's going to go in, but we don't know which one it's actually going to land on. Exactly. Yeah. Um, And that's what it is. And it's one of those. Like, this movie landed on the one that I did... I'll get into this later more. The one I'm like, oh, well, I'm angry. (laughs) So... um, (laughs) Well, you know, Michael Douglas said in an interview about this one that he's a big sports fan. Yeah, yeah. And one of the reasons he likes... Yeah, he likes sports is because you never know how it's going to end up. It's like, well, you do. It's either one team's going to win or the other one's going to win. You know? Right. So, same thing. (laughs) Like, you, you got a couple ideas... It's going to be... But you don't know how you're going to get there. And, yeah. and that's, I think, where where this one really, really shines. Because it, it does leave you guessing. Even if you know roughly where it's going to end up, you're not sure what that road's going to be like. Yeah. Um, I think we're always sure as it goes along the stakes will keep increasing. You know it's going to get worse for um, mm-hmm. Michael Douglas's character. Uh, what's it? Nicholas Van Otten. Yeah. Um, and... and you know, it's going to keep, like, the, the, the paranoia and, you know, this this kind of stuff overtaking his life. You, you can kind of see all of that coming. Yeah. You know, like, the second he gets into that office and it looks like it's a little more intense than he expected. And he's like, what is this thing? I think you can see it going there. It's the de- it's the minutia. It's the details of things that are going on around him that I, I don't think are predictable. Like, who's, you know, who can he trust? Maybe, you know, can he trust anybody? Um, you know, where is this going to end up? How far are they going to push him? things like that i do find it to be uh, along the lines of and i hadn't seen it in so long like a lot of it still worked for me again this time um but yeah I, I don't think it ever gets to the point where you could say for certain 
that you know exactly how it's going to end. You might be able to throw some theories out there because they have, by the time you get to the ending of this movie, and by the way, this is a mystery-type thriller movie. If you're listening to this and haven't seen it, big-time spoiler warnings because yeah. this is, works much better if you haven't you know, heard us talk about it beforehand. So go go watch the movie on Netflix before December 31st because it's leaving here. It reminded me like five times as I was watching it mm-hmm. that it was leaving on the 31st. It's also on Tubi. Um, oh, is it? I watched it on cool. Tubi, yeah. So. Oh, nice. Well, that's awesome. that's a, uh, yeah, a, and hopefully it won't leave to be. But yeah, um, but yeah, no, I think it was it was effective in that in that way. I yeah. will I will say, uh, I did point out to my partner like so. Yeah, the per- <laughs> this might be we're already to the spoiler thing. So uh, I did point out. Uh, I said so that person who just spilt his iced tea, ten bucks says that they're probably involved in this. Not only that. I'm going to go on a limb and say they are actually the ones who are organizing this whole entire thing. And she goes, how do you, how could you even possibly guess that? And I'm like, I don't know. I have a hunch. I just feel like that's how this is going to play out. Like, no way anyone's going to guess that this is the head honcho. And then when it actually ended up happening, I'm like, wow. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't take pride in guessing that. <laughs> oh yeah, it's well, actually wild guess is a yeah. <laughs> like, well, huh. I, I, wild guess is I, I right could, sometimes. I could very easily see how if you've never seen it until this until 2021, it's the same kind of. Even if you've never heard of it, you just kind of you're you're gonna have seen movies that are styled like this. It's just the um, way that things yeah. are framed and how you think like these kind of conspiracy things go. Like, yeah, it's like so. Yeah, watching this like late is like this probably isn't going to be the most original movie for you but like at around the time yeah i not to say this movie isn't isn't good it it is good there is just a major flaw in the final act well i think yeah oh yeah i yeah. kind of agree with that yeah, yeah. The, the I, final everyone act, even the does, director agrees yeah, yeah. the <laughs> final act does kind of fall apart a bit and one of the things too with these twist ending kind of movies which this one see, i don't know if i'd call it a twist ending because you kind of like I said you kind of know where it's and you know it's all a big setup it, but it's a, well, the whole movie is full of twists and, and turns it like, is. yeah it's a so constant twist we've seen so much of that done better and worse that I think you you also can't help but notice that movies with these types of twist endings or all these twists and turns and stuff um, that are totally unpredictable it's also a really good way of just ignoring plot holes <laughs> yeah, and that's true. Well, if, like, I think with a movie like this, for you some can't maybe, think about it. but or <laughs> trying to hide for others, um, or I think it well, gives, to, it gives tomato, you the, tomato. Yeah. I think it works yeah. both ways. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, like it gives you the liberty of not worrying about that a little bit mm-hmm. because you're not supposed well, you, to overthink that kind of shit too much. You can write yourself anywhere when when there's a. Um, when there's a sense that everything could be unreal or there's a sense of non-reality to it, like you can kind of write yourself anywhere and then be like, oh, well, that wasn't, you know, that was put on. It was not real. It was, uh, yeah. I mean, sure, yep. if you're if you're not a neurotic person who wants to, like, feel like you enjoyed an experience and not rage so hard that you burn your hand on the top of your broiler while in the middle <laughs> of a rant, sure. But I'm not one of those people. <laughs> so. Well, you know, it's... I like, like incidentally, the, yeah. That's how I the burned stuff, my hand. The today. stuff where he's, you know, going to the hospital and all of a sudden the lights go out and everybody vanishes. It's like, yeah, that's not yeah. fucking normal. Like nobody really, 
nobody else is walking by going, what the hell just happened? Like, it's a hospital there, full of people. Nobody's screaming. Like There are a few points in this movie where the paranoia and, like, the... Um, that are actually incredibly effective to the point where, like... I wouldn't say the hair stood up on the back of my neck, but it worked really well for me, and that's one of them. Uh-huh. Like, that, you know, whoa, something's really off here like this is actually kind of scary in a way like, i think yeah i think michael douglas's performance is the greatest thing about it like not to say i not that i disagree i think yeah the atmosphere and how things are set up like it's very intriguing but the the the, the cherry on top is michael douglas's performance like you really mm-hmm. he, i don't know what it is like i don't give a rat's ass about like a fucking middle-aged uh wealthy white man and whatever happens to him <laughs> i'm completely disconnected but the that yeah. that level of like anxiety and watching this like person just like jesus fuck because he's not the worst person in the world he's just distant that's all mm-hmm. um and he just got the like worst fucking gift from his fucking meth smoking brother that's all um sean penn who would have guessed but it's um <laughs> It's one of those things, like, watching his... The way that the man performs is just, like, yeah, I'm fucking invested. (laughs) Like, it's through his actions, like... um, And that's actually what led me to, like, this profound disappointment I had in in the end. But Michael Douglas, like, fucking knocks it out of the park. Yeah, he's really, really good in this. And I agree, too. He's not... um, You know, this this character that he's he's playing, um, Nicholas, isn't like you said, he's not like a bad person. He's he's your typical, you know, very wealthy investment banker kind of thing. And but and they do a good job of kind of keeping you, you know, bringing you up to speed on him. That okay, you know, opening credits, strained relationship with his father, and mm. is distant from his brother Wait, and doesn't witnesses know, his father's suicide. Yeah, witnesses yeah, his father's suicide. Um, and you know his his ex wife reaches out to him, and he's just kind of cold to her. And it it paints a picture of a person who feels that they have to be cold to the people that they care about. Um, There's you know a very strong Christmas Carol vibe oh, yeah. running through this thing, <laughs> like the way that this character is. Um, yeah, he's not quite as just right out awful as Ebenezer Scrooge is, but he certainly is isolated. Uh, from his own life as Ebenezer Scrooge is in, in Christmas Carol. Well, and the the, yeah. the kind of iconography of the giant house and the, like, li- living lonely in this giant palace, essentially, and... Um, the most and, and then what the, what the story's is, like, gonna do with, with him and make made. him... Yeah. 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 And the story's gonna make him face all of these aspects of his life, you know, and make him come back and... and I guess, kind of... This is where it drops the ball, is I'm never sure it really comes around to, like driving the point home like he's changed i'm not sure i see a whole lot of no <laughs> but anyway i think that that was kind of what they were going for it's certainly not um unintentional that it has some some of that christmas carol um uh, dickensian well, vibe to it so. well well that's the thing too it's like and this is where it's like i know like i know it was brought up like you don't want to overthink a plot hole too much yeah 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 but there's a certain thing where like um you you lost me at let's let's put a man through a week of psychological and phys, phys, physical torture, uh, and then once to the point to the point where he breaks and leaps off a building to his death, and then like oh hey it was a party everything's cool and he walks off like hey I I learned a very valuable lesson 
No, this man already had trauma. He needed therapy, not the fucking yeah. worst <laughs> fucking like exposure therapy in fucking was, existence. Well, and <laughs> I was saving that to the end that the entire point of the game in this was to re-traumatize a person who's already suffering from the residual trauma of their, you know, their father's death and like, you know, you know, failed marriage, all this other stuff, but like, yeah just re-traumatizing him and that saves him it's like they, no 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 no. i don't think so <laughs> they literally pushed him to reenact how his father died yeah after yeah. he thinks he killed his fucking brother yeah. which yep. mind you if this really happened to me i would have shot him again <laughs> i would have shot i, mean... I would have shot him again and not ask my tormentor out for coffee like that's yeah. the worst yeah. case of yeah. fucking like yeah. the, the ending of this one. Yeah, I, I get it. We're, we're jumping the the gun on it, but that's fine because that's the my note yeah. for the ending of it this movie me. is we as a generation who grew up with this are not okay. No, yeah. like holy like, shit that we were okay with an ending where a guy is like, well, I guess it's suicide, and one of the the actors in on it cracks a joke like it's a good thing you jumped or else I was supposed to throw you off. It's like, holy shit. <laughs> no, there is yeah. no believable. This is where, the, like, I agree, Ryan. This is where the plot hole becomes like a sarlacc pit that just keeps growing. Oh, my <laughs> God. Because it and kind they of go, engulfs they... the entire story then. Like, oh, my God. That's they, what I was going to say. horrible. Like, everything I invested in in this film, like, the performance was completely and utterly... With this, first off, when they led up to the one twist where she's like, like, oh my god, he has a real gun. Guys, wait, cut this off. I'm like, oh, this is going in a good fucking direction. I'm excited. This is great. And then, like, shoots his brother. And I'm like, it's Sean Penn. I don't mind. But it's like, um, um, <laughs> it's just like, holy shit. And then he leaps. And I'm like, oh my god, are these assholes actually, like, because there's, first off, this whole thing, in my mind, and I'm sure you guys agree, this whole premise of, like, white dude, rich rich white dude retreat thing uh, is kind of gross, and it needs to have consequences. (laughs) And it's like, this is it! This is going to be cathartic, sadly. And then it's like, nope, everything's fine, everyone's drinking fucking champagne and having their rich... Everyone's still rich. (laughs) Right, everyone's still (laughs) fucking rich. It, like it, yeah. it, it filled me with a, a furiosity of disappointment so much that it overshadowed everything I liked about the movie. Because I'm like, there's no message here. There's no actual oh, profound I... meaning. Like they, you, they tell you that there is, but I'm like, no, there's not. Yeah, that's what made me upset about it. It wasn't <laughs> okay. I was kind of upset about the, what you just said, but it wasn't. <laughs> That they went to that length is that they went to that length for no reason. I didn't see the change in the character. Like exactly. I didn't see like you didn't have that Christmas morning Scrooge moment where he was like all of a sudden like I am a changed man and being like you know he, he, they didn't really drive it home. He didn't seem well. Like yeah, he forgave some people and kind of went yeah maybe I'll call my ex wife back kind of thing. Maybe right. I'll ask you know ask a girl out for coffee. Do do but, you feel like it would have been but better? I don't feel like he there wasn't the growth that you should have gotten out of him. I mean not that it was appropriate to put him through those things to to force that growth, but you didn't even get it at the no. end. It's like Do you think it would have been better if after he leaped he woke up in his own bed? And then like then he did like contact his ex wife, contact his brother, find out they're alive, everything's fine. And then like as this is going on, he's excited running through the fucking lobby or whatever. And then maybe you saw I mean, like honestly, the one yeah, woman. It like, been more cr- 
Go ahead. more of a ripoff of Christmas Carol, but yeah, I think that would have probably have, been preferable. It would have been at some point. Better. He's got to look out the window and say, "You boy, what day is this?" You know, um, <laughs> bear buy a goose. Uh, yeah. I would have <laughs> happily been less pissed. Than I, what honestly, got. yeah, if it would have been that cliche ending, like it was all a dream, or was it? You know, that kind of thing. I would have. It would have been more derivative, but ultimately, that is kind of what we got. We got David Fincher's version of that. Yeah, yeah. You know, the twist ending where it's you know, none of this is actually well, real. David Fincher has a great, um, a great quote, and I, gosh, I'm probably gonna drop the ball here because I was reading it earlier and I now can't find it on the Wikipedia page. But take your time. So I'll try to paraphrase <laughs> from my one like uh, read of it, but. Something along the lines like he drew he drew uh, influence from three different places. That was obviously uh, from the Christmas Carol. He said something else, but then he said that the ending was totally the Sting. And if you guys are familiar with the movie, the Paul Newman Robert mm-hmm. Redford movie, The Sting, it's like oh well. Once I read that, like yeah, you just tried to pull uh, the ending of The Sting, and hopefully nobody. You know, <laughs> if you haven't seen that movie, I'm not going to go like really into it. I just gave away that there's a twist ending, but um, but yeah, they like he literally just kind of copycatted it unfortunately and it doesn't really work in this context because there's it's a lot more good natured in the sting i mean even though there's there is some weight to it but yeah it's like oh man <laughs> like this one they like they like literally made this man you know shoot his brother and reenact his father's suicide and then they're like oh gotcha happy birthday <laughs> happy birthday yeah. uh, i'll yeah. split the bill with you like, yeah. No, oh yeah, him. and also buried him alive in Mexico. Yeah, we're know? gonna bury right. you alive. We're we're eventually going. The ultimate goal here is to drive you to think you are going to end your own life. Like I, yep. I know we're not supposed to. I can't help it. But break down the reality. But I mean, if you have an organization who can take a first off, psychological profiles aren't that fucking accurate. But if you take a psycho, if you're able to go that far to truly predict the very, like every micro action of a human being or a series of events that they might do, I feel like your, your, your talents and your, your corporate or your whatever is being wasted on rich guy learning experiences. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's rich a world that... save an element that could have been more applied here being hired to to you know hunt rich men so they'll actually look at a birthday present and say thank you Yeah. <laughs> right it, it, that changing the world one little bit at a time do you know yeah. what you know what in this yeah. movie made me stop suspending my belief uh so when i first started watching this i start, i drew a little bit and when i draw i tend to just listen i'm not watching because of that did you guys hear what uh, the the newscaster that he he was watching was talking about prior to the game activating? I don't remember. I know it was financial news of some sort because it was like yeah CNBC or something. Right. Or, yeah. it, unless you're like listening, you probably I, I didn't know I was going to catch this, but because I was doing something else at the time, uh, I caught this thing, and this is what's like I'm like no, this is this is a false reality. It said Republicans have now introduced a bill that makes it mandatory for, uh, you know, companies or people of wealth to give health insurance to those uh, under their employment. Oh, yes, I did catch that. Uh, actually. But the Democrats are are wary of the beer bill and don't feel that it would have a appropriate effect on the economy. And I'm like, bullshit. Not the Democrat. Just the fact that Republicans introduced a mandatory health bill. Bullshit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The, yeah, the game has started. Reality is false. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. 
they yeah. must have activated prior to that. So, so. <laughs> well, one, you know, Eric, you mentioned you know scenes that were really effective, and you know, you mentioned the the lights going out at the hospital thing, um, yeah. which I just found more baffling. Like that's when my suspension of disbelief actually started like going away a little bit. But a scene that saved the whole thing for me is when he's at, um, uh, what's her name, Christine's apartment, mm-hmm. and they find that everything's fake. Oh yeah, yeah. The books and the pictures and all of that is fake. It's just That's... like a setup, like like realtors do that sometimes. You know, yeah. furnish a place just kind of fakely, but you know, yeah, it's like somebody oh. went to a Salvation Army or a Goodwill and they just bought a bunch of shit and they put it in there to make it look like this little bohemian. You know, yeah, and he notices it because that there's still a tag on the lamp and it's resting on the light bulb. And it starts smoking. It starts smoking. Yeah, and it was like two dollars yeah. or something like that, and. But yeah, that uh, that whole scene I really really liked, even yeah. even though the, the ending the, you know did what it did. <laughs> I will the paranoia and the, like the what it what this movie does, what David Fincher does with this movie, and what Michael Douglas does with his performance, um, that stuff all works really well. Even if the even if the movie, and I guess that is the sp- suspension of disbelief we're talking about. But even if the movie itself, like the narrative, is a little bit clunky in places. I think the sense of paranoia, you know, you can't trust anybody. It's closing in around you. Your whole life is, you know, you, you've kind of gone insane. And um, that stuff all works really well. The paranoia is very intense. It's It's got a lot of Hitchcock in it. If you, uh, if you think uh, about films like Vertigo or North by Northwest, if you guys are familiar with, with Hitchcock's work, like the kind of one man um, has kind of a, a moment where his, his entire reality is kind of shattered. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's kind of out against the world, um, so it reminds, reminds me a lot of those. So this, I think, out of any Fincher film that I've seen, this is certainly his most Hitchcock movie. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Easily, I, I, but I would say like, I think the one like the moment, like that he is in Mexico, and that whole, like him trying to get back, and it all like mm. that one moment where he's getting mugged. It, not mugged, but robbed from, from his car. And he points the gun at the man's face going, I am a very dangerous man right now. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> yeah. like up to that point is like, prior to that, you're seeing the paranoid uh, Nicholas, but now we see the broken mm-hmm. Nicholas. And that's when like yeah. my, my, I think my emotional investment was at, at that's when I like was peaked. And then watching mm-hmm. it as he is finding this actor, seeing all these actors in the fucking break room. And he sees this woman and I'm like, I wouldn't be surprised or blame him if he just shot her there. Don't even ask questions. Just shot her there. Because <laughs> his yeah. man is psychologically unstable. And then seeing that I part, do not know why his rage never unleashed on that character. Like, she was the one that was, like, always just, just fucking with him the most. The like, most. she was right in his face. Like, L- Literally she, the orchestrator him of his misery. Three different times, I think, in this movie. And maybe you could argue four, even, if you consider that last few lines she has on the rooftop to be another one but and uh (laughs) like and it's just like wow like that's where i'm like when the twist is up it's like you kind of for me and definitely for my partner we have the same fucking feeling the whole entire time we're both just like we we need a cathartic ending a consequence to the shitty event because you oh my god it's just you felt so much for this character and then once the the fall happens and he lands through the glass and once i saw the fucking airbag thing i'm like no no <laughs> i think that's yeah. where no. it, 
it, it, the film works really well as a paranoia thriller where it fails ultimately is in the design at the end the reveal is a, an incredibly unrealistic reveal when you think about the these crazy things that he's gone through they yeah. just mm-hmm. don't it's a it's a hard sell i think for your audience like they're with you there's suspension of disbelief but then there's some point where you're gonna go this doesn't make any fucking sense like well fin fincher himself even a quote says like he's not proud of the movie and his uh his work and relationship with his uh wife uh she she told him like don't don't make the game and he game and she goes and he goes in hindsight my wife was right we didn't figure mm-hmm. out a third act and it was my fault because i thought if you could just keep your foot on the throttle it would be liberating and funny yep. and it's well, like and it, it it is funny a very odd comical ending but you've you've been through so much of this paranoia that at the end and torture out, yeah and torture at the end that it's like ah oh, it's just a big game yeah um it just well and for him to be totally like oh okay well now i've learned my lesson i'm i'm you know like just totally cool about the whole thing to the point where he like has a moment with his brother who did this all to him and then he you know asks the the actress who's christine slash whatever her real name was um you know out on a date like who in their right mind would be okay with the people that just did, even if you have kind of like reassessed your life through this experience who would be okay with like that was a, like it was all worth it like i don't how I, do you trust anybody i don't think i would be to the <laughs> point yet where that would be you know two seconds after i was just at the point of suicide you know moving on in you know the minute and a half of screen time to oh okay you guys got me. Now I'm a better person. I see how you know, that goes. There, there's right. another short story that was made into a, a, a movie, or at least a, a sh- part of an anthology, that kind of does something thematically similar, where you have a guy who is being tortured and, tra- and traumatized by this service, but at the end it's almost like a Stockholm Syndrome, where he's okay with it, and that's the Stephen King story, Quitters Incorporated, mm. which is featured in the movie Cat's Eye. It's got James Woods. Oh, yeah. It's about yep. a guy, very that. brief, it's about a guy who goes to this company to help him quit smoking, and they're like, the whole the whole story is kind of a gag about pragmatists, because they're like, okay, if we catch you smoking, we, you know, rough you up. If we catch you smoking again, we're going to uh, electrocute your wife. And it just keeps going and going and going. Um, and at the end of it, you know, he's kind of, he's okay with it, because he got the results. Like, it's this whole idea about pragmatism right it got mm. results so nothing else matters and that worked better because i think it was a it was a shorter story it's a shorter movie or at least a segment of a movie and you you get the punchline which is that it's all about pragmatism yeah. and in this case because they're not the the tongue isn't firmly planted in the cheek for it it doesn't have that to fall back on this just comes off cruel and confusing. Yeah. But the ride yeah. itself is really good. Yeah. The ride is good. Yeah. So this is, this is generally a pretty good movie with a very disappointing ending. So it's like, um, I, I thought I noticed another thing and maybe I, I was scolding myself a little bit for maybe overthinking this, but it's certainly being a nineties movie, I think it's worth talking about. And then I thought there was a little bit of a, just 
kind of a weird classist thing going on in this movie. Yes. <laughs> um, and that, normally I don't think I'd pick something out, but it just seemed like it kept coming up in my mind as I'm watching this. And that's, you know, obviously it's going to have its its protagonist, you know, Ma- Michael Douglas's character, Nicholas Van Orton, is a very wealthy man. He grew up in a, in a wealthy family, lives in this, you know, palatial estate in San Francisco, investment you know, the most banker. expensive city yeah. in the united states he's an investment banker so right away he's a little hard to feel bad for but you it, he gets you there pretty quickly like you, you get invested in the character and you're like oh okay i could i'm relating to this a little more but then they pull things like oh the uh the waitress they treat the waitress character like she's just uh i mean we find out later she's not a waitress but i don't think that really makes a difference and um they treat her like such a lowly, um, oh, she's a waitress. And, uh, once they reveal that, oh, she's not actually just a waitress, then she's got some importance. And, um, they do it with, with Chinatown. He, he goes to Chinatown and immediately like there's thugs trying to mug him. And, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. There's a couple other things. It just, it generally kind of like has this tone of like looking down upon like working class or lower, lower class people. Um, throughout yeah. the entire narrative, you, and it doesn't redeem trust itself in any way. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, or they're meant to right take care to... of you. Like I'm right. thinking about his his living maid, you know, like yeah, like she should be in well, retirement age. Why is she still you, working? You, you get the impression that she was kind of like a surrogate parent to him, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, but almost kind of begrudgingly. But he's still not incredibly warm to her. No, he's right. Not. And it's not like something that she particularly looks like she wants to be a part of, but kind of feels bad. Like I, that's yeah. my interpretation. Yeah. 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 I mean, she's not really that fleshed out, it, but the whole movie had trouble drumming up a whole lot of like, I don't know, like sympathy for like you know a big shot investment banker, <laughs> like you know yeah. in well, 1997, rich white guy. Um, I don't know. It's uh I you think know. it doesn't it doesn't quite get you there. Like even with the trauma, like you you do you do relate to a lot of things and the, and the paranoia and the suspense and the mystery all works really well, but like I don't think and again, that's how they botched the ending is I don't think they ever really get you into no caring a whole lot about him and then you don't see a whole lot of change. Like what in if him either? So. What if you find what if you find out in the game like that's it, you actually did lose your wealth? Like, you did have to start from a thing, but if you're okay with it, that's the lesson. Like, it literally, it, there's so many different ways it could have gone. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I think, you know what I, movie I was thinking about when I was, after I watched this? I was thinking about that one uh, David Cronenberg movie we watched with Robert Pattinson, uh, The Cosmopolis. What was mm-hmm. that? Cos- oh, yeah. yeah. Cosmopolis. Yeah. Cosmo- yeah, thank you. Um, that movie, like, that movie was a slow burn at first, but it, it, it still, like, but the, there's a certain uh, philosophical like narrative it's exploring, and it actually ends on an unknown ending. Like you don't know how it actually ends, but it leaves you thinking about something like a lesson. There, this is the complete opposite, where it's kind of thrilling until the third act, which is just a complete letdown. Like, so that's what yeah. I was kind of comparing it to when I thought about it. Like, yeah, yeah I can see I, that. No. I didn't think about that, but that's a good comparison. Like, there's there's certainly a lot of thematic things. If you could have borrowed some of the themes from Cosmopolis and 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 we wove them into the game, 
uh, you'd have a really good movie instead of instead of two movies that fail in certain ways. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. all about the asymmetrical uh, pro- prostate. The asymmetry, just the asymmetry, <laughs> right? And yeah. Yeah, this, uh, the setup for this is pretty derivative, right? You know, like like you like you said, it's essentially the setup for it is is more or less Christmas Carol. Um, mm-hmm. It's got this like Mission Impossible James or James Bond kind of what the hell's going on conspiracy theory you know which there were a bunch of movies like this in the 90s around this time enemy of the state conspiracy theory conspiracy theory (laughs) you know there's a whole bunch of like they're coming to get me and you're you're going up against this you know big they're gonna take my money (laughs) and that thing too and yeah and in this case it just like yeah it's a little dis. it's really disappointing at the end because the the ride itself is is good it's very 90s it's very dated in parts but but yeah, it's it's generally good. Yeah. Yeah, but it's generally and Michael good. Douglas is phenomenal, and yeah. and then somehow they just kind of throw it away at the end, and it's 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 a little disappointing. But um, I guess we could kind of move into uh, any final thoughts in a grade. Um, Eric, let's start with you. Is there anything about the game you wanted to mention that we didn't talk about yet? And what do you think for a grade? Um, you know, I think I pretty much got to most of my notes on this one um yeah i I guess we'll kind of steamroll right into grading it but i i think for the most part and 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 i feel like i i really we nitpicked this thing apart and i'm actually going to come out a little more positive than maybe i sounded like i was going to go on this because i think it's a generally watchable movie and it's uh for the most part it's well done um and it's the mystery works and it's fun it's probably not got a whole lot of rewatchability but um, you kind of expect like that Ebenezer Scrooge on Christmas morning moment at the end, and we don't get it. And I think that ruins a lot of what they do with the whole movie. So um, I have to like believe I would have to believe he's like really changed or something uh, or really sell me on this idea that this was all worth it for some reason for this ending to work for me or for the third act to work at all and I really had trouble getting over this idea of and maybe it's a 90s thing and they're just not not thinking about it but somebody who obviously is is kind of closed himself off from the world because of a you know growing up in a situation where he well he's had a direct trauma with witnessing the death of his father and um it is you know it affected his entire life from we're given that as as the thing that just went wrong with Nicholas Van Orton and to put him through a situation and just literally take that trauma and just re-traumatize him time and time again with it um, seems cruel to the point where even if we did get the payoff I'm still not sure I would have loved it so mm-hmm. um, but yeah it, that 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 all said I still I, I didn't dislike watching the movie the end was disappointing so i think i'm just gonna land it like um c plus on this one i i i have two grades right now i wasn't sure which way i was gonna go but yeah i think i'm gonna go with the c plus not bad what do you think right um i definitely said a lot of the things that i felt uh and i'll sum it up fairly quickly uh because i actually wrote it down for the first time i wrote down a thing um, throughout the film, Michael Douglas's performance uh, does an excellent job of getting me emotionally invested 
uh, in the plight of his character up until the moment of the final big twist, which leaves me in an almost furious amount of disappointment that overshadows the entire thing. Um, a man is pushed to extreme levels of uh, physical and psychological torment, which ends with him leaping off a building to his death, only to walk it off once it's revealed to be all part of the plan. What uh, and I call this movie uh, what an overly convoluted pile of horseshit. No lesson, no profound message, just a tale of the worst birthday present ever conceived. Seems like something that Sean Penn would do. Um, which, mind you. <laughs> That last quote, that's actually something that my partner said. She hates Sean Penn, mainly because, you know, his uh, abuse allegations. Um, he's just a shitty person. So <laughs> uh, I told her I would quote her at the end of the thing. Uh, <laughs> once it was revealed that he was, like, behind with the cake, and I told the game, she goes, yeah, it seems like something that Sean Penn would do. Uh, so I'm giving her credit for that. But, yeah, um, my grade <laughs> for it is... Uh, it would have been a lot higher because I really enjoyed this movie to a certain point. Not right away. It was like in the middle when things were kind of getting a little bit more dire. But then like the end just like, nah, not enough to save. C, C- minus is the best that I can do. Uh, there are parts that are definitely worthy of higher. But um, there's also the end is just dreadful. So it middles out in a C-. minus. Yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm going to be landing fairly close to that too this is one that i have some some really fond memories of for being a really thrilling kind of you know cat and mouse type film when i first saw it and this is the first time i've seen it in years i think i saw it when it first came out like again rented it but there was a lot of talk about it and it was it was just edgy enough i think for 97 um but yeah not having seen it in in probably since it first came out uh it's you know there's some some dated elements to it when it's good it's good when when the action's going when when these weird things are happening to him and, and michael douglas is confused and he, he acts very well in this uh you're confused too you're you're really invested in it the ending just totally blows it it like it, it david fincher essentially threw this movie off of a fucking roof and <laughs> you know and, and which is really unfortunate i don't know how it would have i mean we can wax poetic all we want about how we think it should have been better uh, or how it, it should could have ended differently there's a million ways it could have ended differently but the one they went with just didn't work too well and if you're gonna go through all these twists and turns it's gotta you gotta stick the landing and this one just doesn't. <laughs> Sorry, stick the so, landing. <laughs> yeah so i i'm actually i'll be a little more positive i'll give it a c plus I don't think it's one that's... I agree. It doesn't have a lot of rewatchability. Um, if you haven't seen it, it is worth seeing. But... And it's... To me, this isn't even one of those twist-ending things at the end where I'm like... Uh, like, oh, I didn't even see that coming. That's that's kind of stupid. Like, this isn't even... It's not M. Night Shyamalan bad ending. Like, it's <laughs> not the village bad ending. It's not the happening bad ending. It's 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 not Lady in the Water bad ending. It's, it's like Disney bad cheesy. Ending. It's like cheesy Disney happy ending. But it's it's a bafflingly stupid ending. Yeah, <laughs> that's a better way of putting it. It doesn't insult your intelligence the way that M Night's early work does. But it it and honestly, Fincher's done better. Like this is a, this is definitely a step down from from Seven. Yeah. 
Agreed. And yeah. I haven't watched Seven in years too, but I just remember that ending, and it still makes me just go fuck. So this this one, yeah, this is not a good follow up to it, but it is worth seeing because you're right, the performances are really good, and and the the roller coaster ride itself is good. It just kind of ends really lame. So yeah, I'll I'll give it a C plus though for that. But we would love to know what any of our listeners think of David Fincher's The Game. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? What are your what's your history with this film? Did you just recently watch it, and what did you think of it? Please feel free to send any of those questions, comments, criticisms, or witticisms to the Video Junkier Podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Video Junk Pod or on our Facebook group or the main Video Junkier Podcast page. If you write it, we'll read it, and we would love to hear from you. And if you like what you hear, the Video Junkyard Podcast does have a official Patreon page. Got any money? Uh, for any donation given there, there are a lot of uh, wonderful perks that you could pick up, including uh, exclusive content, some Video Junkyard Podcast merch and swag. Um, so go check that out if you're interested. Either way, uh, we appreciate you being here. And hope you will come back next week. We're going to be checking out the 2013 film Odd Thomas. Uh, we were... Um, challenged i think by joe to fight to do a dean Koontz adaptation we've uh, <laughs> done a number of stephen king ones and we're uh going to see how a dean Koontz adaptation stacks up against them uh followed by our fabulous christmas special should we tell them what the christmas special is joe oh yeah yeah so this year we're going to be doing the movie the ref um <laughs> and uh yeah, yeah. I just uh, that is that is that is like all my one of my all time favorite Christmas movies. So I'm glad that we can finally be talking about it on the show. And uh, yeah, and uh, gonna follow that up with the uh, New Year's um, special, I guess, but also a New Year's theme movie of Terror Train. So yeah. uh, one I've I've not seen, but uh, it's the third of the Jamie Lee Scream Queen trilogy that came out in the late '70s. Um, so we co- we've covered. Well, we we've never covered Halloween, but we've talked about it enough in reference to other things. And uh, we covered prom night at one point, fortunately or unfortunately, you decide. And uh, so yeah, this will be the the third of those. Uh, be, uh, interesting to see. Yeah. So we hope you definitely check those out, and we hope you've enjoyed listening to the Video Junkier podcast, and hope that you'll also share it around with your friends and families or mortal enemies. <laughs> <laughs> and until next time, this is the no Video Junkyard Podcast. I'm Joe Peterson. I'm Eric Branson. And I'm Ryan Seiskal. Good night. You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend. You just can't let them go? Go. Stay on the road. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash video junkyard podcast on Twitter at video junk pod and on Instagram as video junkyard podcast all one word want to thank you again for listening and keep digging who knows what treasures you'll find in the video junkyard.